Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Cut the Shit, a podcast series that aims to take a closer look at the impact of the IT industry, both the good and the bad. Cut the Shit is brought to you by Plow Networks, a managed IT services company based just outside Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Brian Link, EVP of Products and Services here at Plow, and I'll be your host for this series. I'll ask questions, and with the help of our guests, try to dig deep on some of the key challenges we all face dealing with IT. So with that, let's cut the shit and get started. On today's episode, it's just me, Brian Link, your host and guest. Yep, I'm back again, all by myself. You may recall that I did a solo podcast back in early January. On that podcast, I did a bit of a recap of 2021 and talked about a few trends I thought we could expect in 2022. So here we are, six months later, and I'm giving it another go. I said I wasn't sure I would do this again, but I'm a glutton for punishment, so that's that. For this go-round, I'm going to spend a little time seeing how I did with my trend predictions back in January and dive into at least a few of them a bit further based on some research I've recently been exposed to. After that, I'll talk some about what's coming in the second half of the year for the podcast and for Plow. And you know, whatever else might be on my mind. I mean, it's just me, so I can say what I want. Okay, let's get started. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this. Uh, This is your host, Brian Link. Um, I'm going to be flying solo today, as I indicated on the uh, intro, Uh, so I hope that this will be a good use of time for you and for me. Um, Like I said, the first time I did this back in January, um, I hadn't really changed this time. I'm a little nervous about this. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to do this um, as a solo person, so I'm winging it, so be gentle um, and uh, and give me maybe the benefit of the doubt. I'll do the best I can, and I promise I'll keep it fairly short so that I, I won't waste too much of your time. Uh, I would like to point out for those of you who may be watching on YouTube, um, the newly decorated uh, world headquarters or world recording studio for Cut the Shit uh, has got some new decorations, as you'll see over my right shoulder. Uh, I've got a beautiful new neon sign, courtesy of one of my former colleagues, Ethan Cunningham. So big shout out to Ethan. Thanks for that. Uh, It's a super cool sign, uh, and I use it every day here in my home office, and it uh, gets me kind of jacked up, which is pretty cool. Um, before we jump into the sort of the main event, um, I did want to tease a couple of things that we've got coming on the podcast. Uh, a few of them were things that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, I mentioned these back in January. I had a couple of topics, um, that we had hoped to line up speakers for and, uh, just hadn't been able to make that happen yet. It's not a no, it was just a no, uh, not right now, if you will. And so uh, a couple of those are the CFO CIO relationship. That's one we want to bring back in. Uh, we think that's an interesting conversational uh, topic for folks uh, in the IT industry. Um, also, want to try to figure out a, a way to do sort of a black hat versus white hat uh, discussion uh, around hacking um, with all the things that have happened um, in security and and breaches and that sort of thing. Still feel like that's a relevant topic uh, and something that maybe we could shed some light on in a different way here on Cut the Shit. And then lastly, um, an interview with a female CEO. Uh, of a tech company, a really interesting tech company that's uh, serving the needs of of the deaf and hard of hearing. Um, she's super dynamic, really interesting um, story about the company, and so I'm still planning on getting that uh, getting that going as well. Uh, looks like my dog just came to join us as well, so everyone can welcome Rosie to the podcast. Um, I'm not sure why she's here, but you never know. Maybe she likes listening to my voice. Okay, let's get going. Um, we're halfway through 2022, which is 
frankly hard to believe. I can't believe it's July 2nd. I'm recording this on a Saturday, um, Independence Day weekend. So happy 4th to everybody out there. Um, I thought what we would do today to, to kind of start would be at least to revisit uh, some of the trends that I had mentioned back in January and sort of see where things stand with those. Um, I, again, I wasn't trying to prognosticate or predict what was going to happen. It was more here are some things that were already happening in the world that I thought would probably continue or or accelerate uh, in terms of their in terms of their importance or their maybe not importance but their um, visibility, if you will, uh, in the in the news and in the you know kind of in conversations we're having with customers and and even in our, inside our own company at Plow. So, and those three things were hybrid work. Uh, multi-channel delivery, and then more blockchain, maybe less crypto. Um, and, you know, when I think about, uh, think about where, you know, I think about those three, tw- three trends now, six months later, um, you know, I was a little bit right and a little bit wrong when it comes down to it. Um, I think hybrid work has certainly uh, continued to be a big, uh, a big story and, a, and, a, and not just a story in terms of media, but a big through line for for most businesses other than those serving customers only face to face um i think it's it's one of those things that started obviously way before the pandemic uh, but then when the pandemic hit just sort of blew up for everybody and now we're in the kind of in the aftermath it's not completely over but we're certainly on the backside in terms of the way people are dealing with it and trying to figure out where do we go from here. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, there's been some interesting stories lately. Um, some economists are starting to dig in on on maybe the implications of remote work longer term. Because um, let's face it, we don't really know yet what remote work would mean long term if it were, or, or hybrid work would, would mean long term um, if it were done in a, in, a, in a real broad way. So we'll talk some about that. Uh, multi-channel delivery, honestly, you know, that's something that's interesting to me, but I haven't heard a peep about it from from most folks. So I'm going to say that I failed on that one. I don't see uh, I haven't seen much talk of a migration of expectations from what consumers are experiencing in terms of delivery and visibility and transparency into services into the B2B world. Maybe it's just because it hasn't happened yet. Um, people aren't demanding it. Maybe it'd be something that companies bring to the fore and it becomes, uh, important, but honestly just doesn't seem very, uh, like a big story at this point. So I'd, I'd call that one a pretty much a fail in terms of a, a trend that, that would maybe accelerate or migrate into the B2B space. And then lastly, you know, blockchain, um, you know, I, I'm, my opinion is that lots of things are happening with blockchain as a technology, but just like January, um, all of that information really or, or discussion seems to be drowned out by all of the noise and, and discussion around crypto as an asset class. In January, it was all around, you know, how much higher can this thing go? Uh, it was doing so well, um, really December, because I recorded right after the first of the year. Now it's the opposite. You know, you're looking at 60, 80% declines in asset prices um, in some of the major cryptocurrencies. So the discussion... <laughs> hasn't gotten any less voluminous. It's just now more pessimistic as opposed to optimistic. So um, it still continues to be, um, you know, not nearly as much focus on blockchain uh, as a, you know, as a technology and maybe as a general purpose technology. That phrase, I'll get back to that in just a minute as we talk about hybrid work. Um, is it, you know, and, and that's really that, uh, you know, general purpose technologies are those things that really make profound changes um, in businesses and, and communities and, and culture and society really over time. And and I don't know that we know yet if blockchain is one of those or not, but 
there's certainly not as much talk about it, at least in the in the ether, if you will. Um, again, because so much uh, it, so much of that gets sort of the air gets sucked out of the room, as I believe I said last time, um, by the discussion around crypto. So um, a little bit of a fail there too, really. So I guess one for three. I'm, I'm an old baseball player, so one for three is not bad. So I guess I'll I'll have to take it. In terms of let's circle back. So I did want to. Um, there's been some interesting stories lately about hybrid work. Um, again, this is the one trend that I did identify that seems to continue to be picking up steam and the, the conversations are getting more interesting uh, about it um, because we're starting to think about longer term implications of, of what hybrid work would mean, um, you know, if it, if it were really disseminated broadly and, and over time. And so, you know, on the one hand, um, Big banks, you know, the Jamie Diamonds of the world, investment banks, a lot of New York folks have talked about, okay, it's time to get back to the office. We're ready to get folks back in and are starting to require people to come in. There's, you start, you're seeing, you're seeing more uh, noise, if you will, from companies about um, we're ready to, to go back to where we were before to a, to a certain degree. Um, if they have the power to do it and they can, they can either, coerce people into doing it or replace people who don't want to do it, then, then they, they can make that happen. But I think in general, um, that's a, that's an exception, not a rule, um, for most businesses that are able to have at least some significant, um, portion of their workforce, um, work remotely for some part of the time or all the time. Um, I heard a very interesting, uh, I listened to a very interesting podcast, uh, episode, uh, the podcast is called The New Bazaar, um, and if you haven't heard of it, I didn't. Hear, I didn't. I hadn't heard of it until fairly recently, and it's a really good. It's a really good podcast. Um, but the the journalist who who's doing the interviews interviewed a gentleman named Adam Ozimek recently. Um, I think it was actually on their podcast from last week or maybe the week before, uh, talking about hybrid work and remote work. And Adam Ozimek is an economist. Um, he lives in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, so he works remotely for a company, I believe, that's based in Washington, D.C. Um, again, an economist by training, um, and he's very bullish on uh, on the the impact and the potential for remote and hybrid work to to have some real profound implications uh, on on the way the world does business, if you will. Um, and I mentioned it in the in the conversation around blockchain just a few minutes ago. But he sees hybrid work, he, he, he sort of categorizes hybrid work as a general purpose technology. And the example, the, the, core, the comparison or other general purpose technologies would be things like electricity, the internet, right? These are, these are exactly what they sound like, meaning general purpose, meaning they can, they can, be, they can have lots of applications. They don't just do one thing or even one or two things. Um, and he sees hybrid work or remote work as a general purpose technology, meaning it can solve a variety or be applied um, to solve a variety of different problems um, in the world, uh, both specifically in business, but maybe in, in other things as well, obviously, so, much like the internet or electricity. So um, all of those things um, came to the fore in this podcast. And I really encourage you to listen to it if you have an interest in this, because the, the discussion around hybrid work is really accelerating and becoming much richer for, in, in my perspective, mainly because we all realize, I think, that it's going to be with us for the foreseeable future and in a much bigger way than it was before. Because it's not like, you know, we just started having people work from home some or all the time, 
you know, in March, April, 2020, this was happening. It's been happening for a while, but it really accelerated. Right. And it really moved, moved from something that was fairly limited to something that was quite, you know, quite you know, dispersed across, across industries. And despite what I mentioned earlier about big banks in New York and Jamie Dimon saying, everybody's coming back to the office and this, you know, sort of this hybrid thing is bullshit. Um, it doesn't look like it's bullshit to me, um, and and the data certainly don't indicate that either. Adam Osmick mentioned that in places like Houston and Dallas, uh, you know, cities in red states, there's not a lot of there, there are really no COVID restrictions in those places, and not a lot of COVID fear uh, either in the sense of what might be keeping people from coming back to the office. Um, downtown spaces or downtown uh, work volumes in Houston and Dallas are still down 30, 40% from where they were pre-pandemic. So you can't make the case that, well, everybody really wants to go back to the office, but they just can't because of COVID. That's done, right? We're not talking about that anymore. These are people who are choosing um, because either they're, you know, either their businesses are actively encouraging them to, or allowing them to, or maybe some of both to work remotely part of the time or all of the time. And so it feels like a real, this feels permanent to me. Again, what the, what it looks like going forward, I don't think we know yet. In fact, I know we don't know, but to say that you're going to work from home for some of the time or work somewhere besides the office, some of the time on a week, you know, on a week to week basis, um, isn't it's certainly not crazy anymore. And in fact, it's starting to look more like the norm for a lot of office type workers. Um, and and that you know that's a big change in a very very rapid period of time. And so um, one of the a couple of things that Adam Osmick talked about that I think are interesting, and I think everyone in business needs who if if your company, well you got to deal with it one way or the other. If you're not doing if you're not letting people work remotely, keep that in mind in terms of what that may mean in terms of your ability to recruit because it's going to be tougher if other people continue to allow people to do some remote work because the, that flexibility really helps people. Uh, balance work and life. There's just no, there's just no question about it. If nothing else, people don't like commuting, right? Um, even if they like being in the office and so not having to go every day, even for someone who wants to be in the office could be a real benefit. Um, so if you're, if you're not having people, if you're saying you want everybody back in the office, understand what you're dealing with from a recruiting standpoint, that may put you at a disadvantage or at the, or you're at the very least going to need to recruit people who want to be in the office, not people who grudgingly do it because you're making them. And then if you are doing uh, uh, remote or hybrid work or you're allowing employees to do that, there are a variety of things that you're going to have to think about um, on a, if this is going to be something that's long-term. And, and, and Adam Ozimek listed those really three different things. Um, the first is, is changes in physical space, like what's going to happen to the office and, and what's the best way to set up an office if you're going to have hybrid work um, because it's not the same as everybody being there every day. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, the second is, you know, management styles and practices are going to have to change. Um, people have already <laughs> have already learned that the, you know, over the past couple of years that you can't manage the same way if you're not standing right next to someone, you know, or being physically right next to them or with them on a day to day basis every day. And then lastly, training, which has been one of the biggest concerns um, expressed by hybrid skeptics or those who are or think it may be problematic. And, and, and Adam Osmek is the first one to, to say he thinks this is a real, this is probably the toughest one. I mean, if there's one thing we learned from online education in the past couple of years is like, we're not that good at it, right? And 
if you think about training and education as being sort of, you know, related, um, they're, they're not the same, but they're close. Um, there's no reason to think that online training would be all that great either. So especially, you know, there's a difference in a training class to learn a skill. We're talking about training to, to, you know, to incorporate a new employee into a business, help them learn the culture, help them learn, uh, you know, where to find things, how to, how to, how the, how the company operates, what are its practices and processes. Those are generally not things that companies have been doing, um, in a, in a remote way. And so I think that, you know, that's probably one, maybe one of the biggest challenges for, uh, for companies to, to face, um, in addition, really the, the management, the management challenge and the training challenge, the physical space challenge is there, but physical spaces are harder to adjust over time. So you may have to wing it a bit until you can get, you know, or, or maybe make incremental changes to your physical space to accommodate <clears throat> hybrid work as opposed to, um, I'll talk a little bit about a story that was in the Wall Street Journal, um, I believe it was yesterday, it was either Thursday or yesterday, about LinkedIn redoing. They were in the process of building a new campus, and they basically tore up their plans and started over uh, kind of on the back end of of moving to hybrid work. Now, LinkedIn's got plenty of money, and and it's maybe not the great example, the greatest example for everybody to, to, to think about uh, or to use as some sort of a comparison for how they might deal with it with their own office. I certainly know at Plow, we're not just going to, you know, go spend, you know, a ton of money remodeling the office because we're, you know, now we're in a hybrid work environment. Having said that, we're having serious conversations about what do we do about our physical space, given the fact that right now we have a hybrid work environment and we only have a couple of people who are really in the office every day. Everybody else is there at various times, right? And so that creates weird physical space challenges and issues. Uh, because our team has grown realistically, if everybody was coming to the office every day now, our office wouldn't be big enough. So our office, fortunately, will work because of hybrid work. But if we want to get everybody together, how do we do that? And then when people do come to the office, what do we want them to do when they're there? And how do we make the space work to uh, to to maximum, you know, kind of maximum use while they're there? And and the article in um, in the Wall Street Journal about LinkedIn talked about these very issues. Yeah, obviously, it's a big campus, bigger building. It's, it's, a, it's one of those um, video things to do. It's super cool office. Like it's, it's amazing, of course. It's, you know, it, it's you know, kind of part and parcel of what you'd expect from a Silicon Valley office campus. But it was interesting listening to the designers talk about the things they were thinking about and the different types of work that would be going on in the office, depending on whether someone was uh, there for part of the day or all the day, hybrid worker, you know, um, just coming for a meeting or someone who came to the office more frequently. And so you've got these different flavors now of, of office work. Whereas before it was very consistent. It's like, everybody's there. This is what we're going to do. You know, do we want to have off open office? Do we want to have, you know, uh, closed offices? Do we want to, how many meeting rooms do we need to have? Blah, blah, blah. There were, there were still challenges and we didn't have the physical office space really figured out prior to, you know, the, the true in-person experience wasn't great. I mean, open office, the, 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 you know, the returns are in and, and open office didn't give us what we thought it was going to give us. In fact, it's very distracting, makes certain kinds of work really difficult to do. Um, it was sold in, in a way that maybe we thought it would work differently than it did. But be that as it may, it doesn't really make sense anymore now either, given uh, a hybrid work environment. So I think, if your company is dealing with or, or is, in, is, is doing hybrid work, 
or, or allowing employees to work, you know, part of the time from home or somewhere else, then there are technology challenges you got to think about. Like what's connectivity look like? What does security look like? We've talked some about those and we'll get into some more of that. But there are real issues just with the physical space itself. And how do you figure out how to make sure that employees have a good place when they do come to the office, you get the most out of that, both that they do and you do in terms of productivity, culture building, all those kinds of things. So he talks about that. Um, but, but management styles and training were the two that I think are probably the two most uh, talked about, um, I think, challenges around hybrid work and figuring out how to do those better. And, and I think Adam Ozimek's point is, yeah, we're probably not that good at it right now, but we will get better. Um, there's no reason to think, you know, managers learned <clears throat> how, to, how to manage a certain way in a traditional office setting, you know, the old management, you know, managed by walking around and, and, you know, micromanagers were bad about coming and looking over people's shoulders and felt real comfortable knowing if people were working because they could see them. Obviously in a hybrid environment, you can't really do that stuff anymore. Uh, you also have to do a lot more, um, you know, engagement with a, with a, with a, a you know, with a, um, a direct report or your manager uh, over uh, web meetings versus all face-to-face. -face. Although you can set that up in a certain way, part of what you could do uh, when people are in the office is have those be times when you do one-on-ones and team meetings and that kind of thing. Uh, that's one of the things he talked about. But regardless, um, you know, there's real challenges for um, managers, particularly old dogs, people who are used to managing in one way, having to learn new, um, having to learn new skills and new ways to manage. And also maybe, um, raising the trust quotient, if you will, and um, figuring out how to let people, you know, set guardrails, let people um, have some uh, some flexibility around um, the delivery uh, of what they do, a little more hands off, but then figuring out how to check in on a regular basis to make sure people are getting work done that they need to get done. Um, he's also very bullish on younger people. Um, adapting to these uh, to these new scenarios better because they're not they they didn't learn how to do uh, in person management anyway. So this may there's going to be a whole new generation of managers who come up through the ranks. This is the only way there will will have ever been managers is in hybrid situations. So you know it'll be much more of a, a you know they'll be like natives uh, you know native English speakers as opposed to someone who learned it when they're 25 who gets good at English but never has a perfect accent, right? That's that's kind of the comparison um, for uh, for management style. And I think training is really kind of the same. You know, he talked a lot about training being um, something that we're still figuring out. And he said, you know, training might be the kind of thing. He said, you may see situations where companies require younger employees to come into the office more frequently early in their tenure with a company or new or newly onboarded employees for this very reason, to make sure that they can get inculcated into the culture, that uh, they can get educated on processes and procedures, the way the company operates, that sort of thing, um, rather than trying to do that during, um, you know, the, during the times when they're not in the office. So, you know, there's a couple different ways this may go, but I, I would, I'd encourage, um, I'd encourage you to dig in on some of that because I think, again, if your company is doing hybrid work, this is a really, really interesting um, challenge for us to figure out how to make our companies work uh, as good as we possibly can within the constraints that we operate. In this case, it's now way more flexible and that has both pluses and minuses. So we got to sort that out. Um, those were the trends from, you know, that I, that I hit it on, hit on in January. And again, I only spent, spent most of this time talking about hybrid work because really that's the only one of the three that anybody gives a shit about. So, um, you know, 
I think at this point it probably makes sense to think about as we think about the second half of 22, you know, let's, let's stop looking backwards or kind of taking stock of where we are. Let's maybe look forward a bit. Um, and as I look for the, you know, the balance of the year, what are some things that we can expect? Um, and I mentioned early on, uh, yeah, I'm not going to make any more trend predictions. I'm clearly bad at that. So there's no reason for me to try to do that. Um, there's some obvious ones that will continue to play out, right? Hybrid work being one of those. Security continues to be a super hot issue. Um, no reason to think that that's going to change. Um, one thing about hybrid work is the continued move towards, you know, the modern workplace or, you know, connectivity from anywhere and cloud services, all that's going to, all of those are, um, you know, our tailwinds for those trends, um, continue to move to the cloud, get away from, you know, on-prem infrastructure with VPNs and that kind of thing, mainly because it's just a lot harder to manage, um, employees who are all over the place. Um, if you, if you have those sorts of legacy infrastructure. They're not going away. You're going to see a lot more hybrid uh, for those that have legacy infrastructure. Probably not just going to rip it out and move to the cloud because that's really difficult. It's expensive and painful, but you will see a lot more hybrid environments where you have a mix of both. And most companies are there anyway today, even those who are still using legacy data centers for you know core applications and things like that. They're using cloud apps for all kinds of stuff anyway. So it's happening. But again, I don't think it's a it's not a lift and shift to the cloud. It's going to be uh, both and. Um, and that <clears throat> unfortunately means that the cost of managing technology uh, is not necessarily going to go down. The promise of the cloud reducing costs for companies has not, has not happened in that sense. If you're starting fresh, you know, no legacy infrastructure, that's one thing. But most people, that's not the way, that's not the way they started. So, you know, finding ways to optimize within that hybrid environment is going to be something that companies are going to continue to struggle with, um, I think over time. And we'll, we'll continue to try to talk some about that on this podcast. Cause I think that's a, that's an interesting one for people to, to wrestle with. Um, in terms of podcast topics, um, that are coming down the pike, I mentioned a few earlier that, you know, we didn't get to in the first half of the year that we're going to pick up in the second half. In addition to that, you know, we're going to look at, um, we're going to, you know, one of the things, this hybrid environment, we're talking about, you know, employees dealing with other employees or managers. One of the things we're going to have to figure out, and I think interesting thing for us to talk about is what is the, what is the nature of buying and selling in a hybrid environment, right? As a, if you're a seller, you used to go see people face to face. What now? Are you, are you back to that? Are you only doing that part of the time? And if it's only part of the time, which I think it is for most people, what does that look like now? Used to be telephone and face to face. Now there's this web piece. What does that look like from a selling perspective? And then as a buyer, uh, you know, as a technology buyer, what does it mean to use, uh, to be a buyer in a hybrid environment? How do you build trust? How do you get comfortable, um, you know, with a potential vendor or seller? How do you sniff out the bullshit, right? It, it, you know, some of the face-to-face, uh, you know, some of the face-to-face experience was about getting comfortable with someone and trying to, you know, sniff out r- the real stuff. We had an episode previously, uh, you know, a couple months back about where we almost got fished and that would have been almost impossible to do if there'd been a face-to-face component to that. And in fact, there was no web component to that. It was all phone. And so in some ways, maybe the hybrid piece would have helped us if we had gotten into the web in, you know, at least a a web meeting, but certainly a face-to-face, it would have been impossible to do that. So, you know, we want to talk some about that, maybe have an episode or two on that. Um, I want to dive into sort of the role of user experience in workplace software. We talk a lot about technology and about technology use, but we don't talk much about how do we help users 
make technology easier to use. And the way you do that is through user experience or user interface. And so I want to talk to a couple of experts who that's the kinds of problem. That's the kind of thing they get up and think about every day. And I felt like that would be interesting for us to talk about. Um, Obviously, I just mentioned uh, in the context of hybrid work uh, training and how to do it well in a virtual environment. We want to have some conversations with some experts in that area and what's actually happening there training wise. And, and, and do we do we feel optimistic about it? What's going on uh, as it relates to training in a virtual or hybrid environment? And then, you know, um, last but not least, uh, on the plow side. Um, we're going to have our first annual customer symposium hoedown later this fall uh, in early November. And we're super excited about that. <coughs> For those of you who are customers, um, you'll be hearing more about that as we go along. For those of you who are not, you should become a customer so you can come to the customer event. I'm just kidding. That's not the reason to become a customer. That's a side benefit. Um, but we're working on the agenda right now. We're going it, to, it's going to be thematically focused around security. Not a surprise given that it's, I mean, it is the 800 pound gorilla in the room right now. Um, we're trying to figure out who we want for, you know, to have for a keynote speaker and what we want to do to make that really interesting, um, both from a learning perspective and from a, you know, from a fun perspective. So um, we're excited about that. And for those those customers listening, be on the lookout for that, uh, for information on that in the next uh, month or so. Um, I mean, we could have a podcast about college football and conference realignment, but I don't know that that fits in um, with our, our our industry focus, although it really does fit in with the name of the podcast in terms of cut the shit, because I don't know what the hell is going on there. And I'm not sure anybody else does either. I'm just kidding. We won't talk about that um, unless you guys really want us to, but then it's a whole different podcast. So um, really, guys, that's all I got today. Again, I wanted to keep it short. Uh, do a quick recap on sort of the trends that we identified early in the year. Um, tease out what's coming kind of down the pike uh, second half of this uh, second half of this year, um, and then you know give you something to maybe give you something to think about, particularly around hybrid work. There were a couple of really interesting um, folks talking about it. Adam Osmek over at the New Bazaar. Go check that podcast out, um, and go look up the LinkedIn article on on the Wall Street Journal. I believe it was from July first. Maybe it was June thirty. It's one of those two days. Um, both are, I think, good good kind of uh, diving deep a little bit on the hybrid work and some of the things that you can expect or that you're going to be dealing with in your own company if you're doing hybrid work today. So with that, that's all I've got. Um, I hope my second effort was at least a little bit better than my first attempt back in January. Um, again, I'm not a professional at this. I'm, I feel like I'm getting a little bit better at asking questions, not so much at uh, doing soliloquies. So I uh, still got some work to do here. This is episode 24. So the next one will be episode 25. I cannot believe we've pulled off 25, almost 25 episodes now. It's pretty crazy, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, if you're first time listener, thanks for, thanks for joining. Um, hope you come back and listen again. Uh, again, you won't normally hear me talk. I'm almost always interviewing someone. I feel like that's a much better experience for everybody. Um, if you did enjoy this, though, if, you're, if you've listened before and you've enjoyed it and you're enjoying it, drop us a line at cuttheshit at plow.net. Let us know what you like. Of course, if you don't like it, that's fine, too. Tell me why. Give me some feedback. We'd love to try to make this better. Uh, and if you've got any topics or interview ideas that you think we ought to you know, take, uh, take a look at, please share them with us. We'll, we'll definitely give that some consideration. Um, so with that, uh, take care. I hope everybody has a great second half of 2022 and happy 4th of July. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are enjoying the podcast, we'd appreciate it if you would become a subscriber wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, that would really help us out. Or you can just go old school 
and tell your friends, your family, your colleagues, and hell, anybody else who you think might want to hear something like this to listen in. If you're on social media, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at cuttheshit underscore pod. We are also on TikTok, at cuttheshitpod, all one word, where we post lots of clips from the podcast. And last but not least, you can also watch the YouTube version of the show on our YouTube channel, at Plow Networks. Until next time, take care and have a great day.